Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. With me today is my good friend and colleague, Shelby Betts. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here again. I know. It's like the second time in a matter of just a few weeks. I know. It's, it's pretty good. Um, running out of good content. I'm just <laughs> all of our regular people are like, no, I'm sorry. I don't got nothing else to say. <laughs> so we got to bring in Shelby. No, not at all. Um, for those longtime listeners, That's um, right. Shelby is, uh, you already know her, but uh, for those new folks, Shelby leads our sales team, has been with us for um, quite some time now, going on two year years. number two mm-hmm. uh, here in just a couple months. March 16th. Yeah. J- next month, we got to do something fun for your anniversary date. Um, but Shelby's been with us for a couple of years, leads our sales team, and does a fantastic job of a couple of things. One, leading them, obviously, but two, helping our clients and, and people that out in the marketplace learn more about what we are, um, what we do, and more importantly, how we can help them get better in their organization. And so I thought it would be a good idea to have her come on board and, and talk through some of that stuff. But before we get started, Woo-hoo. get the question of the week, um, you know, Everybody at some point in time has to decide to not do something in order to do something that they really want to do more. So, for example, I don't want to cut my grass because I would rather be spending time with my kids. Yeah. In your world, what are those things that you would love to have somebody else do for you? Yes, I've thought about this for personal reasons and professional reasons. (laughs) My professional reason is building my list. I just wish that someone had my brain. And knew all the counts that I wanted to go after and could just, you know, put it in a map for me. Yeah. Here's your top 100. I hate doing that. I what hate having ke- to compile keeps, it. Oh, what terrible. keeps somebody from doing that? Well, they don't know what I know, which is I know why I want to target someone or I see a pain point. It's like I can't yeah. develop that skill in someone else. You know, yeah. you can. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. You should go back to last week's podcast and listen to our leadership bottlenecks. Yes, I'm excited about that because I haven't got to listen just yet. But yeah. I was like, ooh, ooh, I wonder what Matt and Mike got to say yeah. about that. So professionally in list management, so building a list. And to be fair, if you run a sales team, um, I would suggest don't outsource that piece of your business. The sales department specifically. Yeah, don't. A lot of people buy lists. I probably get 20 emails a week on, hey, I have this list. Do you want me to buy it? And I have found through trial and error that's a bad answer for your business. Anyways, professionally sales, um, I would say list building, list management. And then on uh, on the personal side, I would definitely say raking leaves. Yeah. Last year, I bagged. 74 bags of leaves. These are just me. This is not my husband. I have a quarter of an acre lot and eight trees. And I, after I got to the 74th bag, I said, this is the last time. I'm you have to bag your leaves? This. Yeah, because there's so many trees. I mean, I, literally, oh, like man. we've got leaves up to the, the top of the tires of the car in the drive. You know, I'm exaggerating, but it's a lot of, it's a lot yeah. of leaves. So I think leaves. I'm on a little bit over an acre. Well, with a bunch of trees, but yeah. we don't have to bag them. Yeah, because we just have to take them down to the street, and then they come by with a big leaf vacuum and Ooh, suck them up. That's even better. It's it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. What about have, you? What would you? Like what would you outsource? Um, I th- you know the thing I I hate to say this, but all of the traditional things that somebody <laughs> would typically outsource, my wife does a fantastic <laughs> job of doing that. Shout and out. So yeah, shout out to Meredith because. Um, you know, uh, she's going to be listening to this and say, you do not appreciate me. <laughs> she does. She does listen to this podcast. And so one of these days I'm going to get home and she's like, 
hey, Mike, we need to talk. That's right. Meredith, if you're listening, this is your chance to say, I don't want to clean the house anymore. <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about getting somebody to come in and clean the house. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I was out of town on a uh, work trip last week, and I came home to a brand new painted li- uh, bedroom. Yeah. And so she had painted um, wow. our bedroom. And that is now one thing that is definitely on her list. It was already on my list of things yeah. that I would definitely have somebody else come yes. do. Yes. Whenever we moved into this house, we painted uh, Emma's room, the nursery, and got it all fixed up. And that was, it looked nice. But my goodness, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've painted anything. And that was a lot more work than I remember it being. Yeah. And so, well, so she painted y'all's room. She painted our room. And so that's, but definitely painting is something that, oh, yeah. Um, and Oof. even more than that, wallpaper removal that was oh, part of her project. She went, yeah. Man, she I went all in. Valentine's Day is coming up. You better do something <laughs> good. <laughs> so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was um, Spouses Day. Yeah. And so, our intro to our podcast, we were talking about that. Spouses Day. And I got home from my trip last week, and Meredith said, So, what'd you get me for Spouses Day? <laughs> <laughs> so, I missed the day that I was talking about on this wow. podcast. So I hear you saying that you are going to do the spouse Valentine's Day combo. Exactly. It was completely planned ahead of time. You'll have to share. No, maybe we don't want you to share. Yeah. But uh, So outsourcing on the personal side is clearly somebody to keep up with my time. Yeah. <laughs> important dates. Important better. dates. Um, Probably every male needs that, to be honest. You know, it's, I feel like that's um, sexist. It is, but let's be honest. So I, I'm, we're getting off topic here, but. Even last night, uh, Kevin had mentioned, hey, I should, I want to book a place for Valentine's Day. And I was like, you haven't already booked somewhere? Everything is going to be full. And he goes, I'm 85% ahead of every single male in the city of Memphis. So like, true. I'm looking a week out, man. You know, I was like, what? You know, this is something a girl would have done a month ago. Just, yeah, that's, that's very, very true. It is what it is. All of the normal stuff, to, like, well, I say normal stuff, but um, you mentioned raking leaves. We, um, we did pay somebody to, to come and rake our leaves last year. Yeah. And that was the best. I forget how much it was. It was a couple hundred bucks. But that was some of the best money I've ever spent yeah, me in too. my entire life. I do not pay anybody to cut my grass because that is kind of a hobby thing for me. I yeah. enjoy me too. cutting the grass. Um, but that, that's something that I have thought about over time is getting that done. And the, the reason why really kind of leads us into what we're talking about today and that is there always comes a time for a lot of businesses specifically that it makes sense to pay somebody else to do something for you mm-hmm. because of a variety of reasons. And we want to talk about those reasons today and, and kind of give some input on um, what you should think about outsourcing, why you should think about it, uh, some of the costs and benefits, you know, do some analysis for that. Obviously, we have Shelby here who um, spends a lot of time talking to small businesses, finding areas in which they could improve to, to be more profitable or yes. just be able to fulfill their missions better. And so, Shelby, you mentioned that you have a list of all of the things, mm-hmm. or at least the top things, yep. that um, small businesses try to outsource. What are some of those, uh, those top, I'll say top five things that people typically would outsource in a small business? Yes. Well, this is not, we didn't do this subject to come back and tie back to our uh, services. I'm just saying that on the front end because <laughs> it's true, but you do a Google search and actually one of the um, top things that small business owners outsource is accounting. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Nobody wants Uncle IRS on their back. That's terrifying. It's If you have any type of healthy fear for the IRS, it's like, oh gosh, get this away from me. But that was one. Accounting, marketing was another one. Sales, which actually was really surprising to me. I don't know why you would want to outsource a sales team. 
um, IT, of course, IT management, um, administrative tasks, customer service. That one surprised me. And then ones that I, I totally agreed with was manufacturing, yeah. shipping, and logistics. Um, so that's, that's a couple of them. I know that we have, we have outsourced at least four of those things. Yeah. Four or five of those things. And, yeah. it, and in some ways it was good. And in some ways we took it back in-house. And so um, let, let's start with talking about the why. Um, every small business out there ha- at some point is going to come to a decision on mm-hmm. you know, accounting, which is what we're probably most familiar with, but sure. IT, marketing, whatever it may be. And hey, I need to bring somebody else into this, uh, this arena for my company. Why, why does it get to that point? Yeah. So the why, I think, is important to explore. But probably before you even get to the why, I think most business owners need to do an exercise. And I don't have a, a f- fancy name for it, but I'd probably call it the core competency exercise, which is if go look at your top revenue generators and the places where you're most profitable. And you need to be looking at those things and then determine what my company does today. If I'm spending X amount of time, resources, or personnel in something that is not a part of my core competencies, the things that I do best, or the things that I know if I get better in, I will be more profitable or make more money doing, it is time to outsource those (laughs) things. Um, So I would just, and really, I could probably make a long list, um, but I would say to a business owner, if you are here and you're a small business and you're wearing 15 hats, or even if you're wearing two, it's time to do the core core competency exercise and ask yourself, what is my business really good at? And then have an honest evaluation with yourself and ask, are our resources, time, and services, and everything we're doing in line with that core competency and all those things on the exterior? You now have your list of what to outsource. So I would say the why, though, is if you're passionate about growing, you may have grown a lot faster than you thought you were going to. And so outsourcing could be filling in some of those gaps, the stop gaps, minding the gaps of compliance, minding those gaps of marketing and like getting people into your funnel. Um, But I think the why typically comes when number one owner has done everything they can do to grow the business and now need help and they haven't developed those resources internally. Um, Or it could be an area of the business similar to us with the raking leaves. It's something they don't want to do, Yeah, but it's essential and critical for the business to succeed. Yeah. I I always think about also the, whenever you can involve other people in the conversations about what's going on inside of your company, whether it's for things that you like to do and are good at, or you don't like to do and you're bad at, you're always going to get some creative energy from just including other people. There's a different perspective that comes with that. And a lot of times it could, it could cause some thoughts of, you know what, I never thought about that or I didn't really understand it that way. Yeah. That can somewhat multiply its, itself. And, you know, you know if, I, if I can spend a dollar to get $2 back, I'm going to do that all day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to spend a dollar in five different places to figure out what's going to give you $2. Yeah. And just, it doesn't hurt to sit down and, and have conversations with people to, to see exactly, all right, what are you, what, what are you talking about? What can you do? Why do you think that you could help me? Yeah. Because a lot of times, I mean, I know here, I get hit up from calls all the time of, hey, we have a list of, of companies that I think will be good fits for you. Yep. And most of those, get straight to the trash. They yep. don't really get, get much thought. But every once in a while, some things pop up that is, I, I, I'll give you an example. I got a call just um, 
last week that uh, that really piqued my interest, and it was, hey, we're really looking for you. It's essentially not their sales pitch, but what I, my my view of it is, they're looking for us to outsource our um, client credit credit check, um, for lack of a better term, to these guys, hmm. which will ultimately help us make sure that the clients and the people that we're dealing with are can afford our fees can afford our fees or, or that they're not just some shady people that we just yeah. don't know about yet yeah that'd be good and to have. that's something that really piqued my interest because i never even thought Considered about that it. being an outsourced type of uh opportunity yeah i think a lot of business owners are there of not even knowing what you can outsource yeah. i i remember the first time matt shout out to matt he who's like hey um i know of this company that is like salesforce administrators I had no idea that that role existed, that who is there to leverage technology. I hate Salesforce, but I also love it. It gives me everything I need, but I'm not an effective user. And so then it was, we could introduce this person who could help us use that tool effectively. Man, that's the best money we spend on my side (laughs) of the business. So I was like, hey, permanently include this in the sales budget because I can't lose this this person. But I didn't even know that that existed. I'm you know, doing uh, Salesforce trainings after work hours to try to like educate myself. And then I just realized like, man, her skill set to our business is astronomical. And so I just, but you know, I think a lot of businesses don't even know some areas do that you can outsource yeah. similar to credit checks. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, I always think it's easy to apply the outsourced logic to a sales department. And I yeah. don't mean replacing sales departments, but um, to your example, if if I'm the owner of a business and mm-hmm. I'm spending a hundred hours uh, a month or even a quarter trying to learn the software that I am supposed yeah. to be using instead of selling, there's a real tangible cost associated with that. Yes, there's revenue that's not being generated because yeah. I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of owners can sometimes take the approach of, well, that's just what I have to do. Yeah. And sometimes, not everybody, sometimes that's an excuse to really being the best version of yourself. Yeah. Because I may not be comfortable with sales or I don't want to pick up the phone or I don't want to make a dial. And so I'm instead, I'm going to come over here and spend some time learning about how to sell instead of yeah. actually just, I got to go sell. Yeah. And spending some money on, on the, some of those things can take out that excuse sometimes, but it also forces you to actually get into the role that you're supposed to be for. And that's not even true with just owners. That's true with anybody in any role. Yep. Sales is an easy way to, to see that in yeah. my mind. Where it gets a little bit trickier is on the operations side. Sure. You mentioned shipping or IT or yep. uh, excuse me, logistics being a big thing that is outsourced. It's harder to see a true dollar cost value of paying somebody to go in and, and do that type of work. Sure. But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think, um, so when I was kind of talking about like looking at the areas you're competent in, I do think of Amazon on this. Um, you know, obviously they're known for being the best, you know, person out there to buy toilet paper from or whatever thing you need. Mm-hmm. You know, you just go to Amazon, click, it's there. Um, but, you know, they really revolutionized the way we think about shipping because they said, hey, two do- you know, two-day free shipping you know, if you're a subscriber, I imagine when they put in Amazon Prime, that that had to have been a loss leader for them. But in terms of shipping, it revolutionized the way that we even think about shipping. If I have to wait longer than two days for shipping, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? And so I think like, if you look at shipping, that may be something if you are really good at product development, but you can't get it to your customers as quickly as a competitor, that may just be an area to look at and say, well, 
I don't have to recreate the wheel. I don't need to buy a truck. I don't need to buy a van. I don't need to hire a person. What if I just get like a FedEx account and, you know, I choose FedEx to do that so I can get my products to my client faster if you're, uh, you know, product based. I love infomercials. Uh, I will sit down for hours straight (laughs) and watch infomercials. I don't care if it's like the newest nonstick skillet or some little kitchen gadget that really nobody has any purpose ever using. Uh, It doesn't matter what it is. I love infomercials. Do you I buy anything off of No, them? I've never. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say never. The last <laughs> thing I've. <laughs> this, is, this is an aside. So there's an infomercial that we saw a couple months ago pr- yeah. before Christmas. And it is a fish that's like a plastic fish. Okay. That is, it's getting interesting. <laughs> it's mechanical. It's a cat toy. And I so have it, one of these. Did you really? Uh, yeah, it flips around. Yeah. My, so, yes, my family sent me one and we were like, what is this? So we you saw the it? infomercial. And I had, I was buying a Christmas present for Tammy, who is on my team, who Aww. loves cats. And I, a joker, because I hate cats. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I wanted a little fish toy. So um, we bought one for Tammy. And uh, that's hilarious. That was the last time I bought it. Yeah. That was on an infomercial? I saw it on an infomercial. I wonder. I yeah, I got one of those. It's, that was a really f- funny package to get in the mail. I was like, there is a <laughs> real life. It looks real. It does. It was like, this is a real life fish. Yeah. What is this? It does. Do her cats like it? I think so. Oh, yeah. Mine are terrified should, of it. Should, really? <laughs> They're like, what is this? Yeah. That's because cats are Infomercials. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry. You love infomercials. I love infomercials. But one of the things that I find interesting about infomercials mm-hmm. is that you get to the end and it's like, call this 1-800 number and you get two for the price of one and whatever, whatever, whatever. Look at the shipping terms on that. It's yeah. always like six to eight weeks to get yes. here. That's a big enough reason for like, oh, I'm not, not going to buy, buy this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Amazon, it, that was normal. However many years ago, or mm-hmm. taking five days to get something shipped was normal. And you're right. Now, if it's not two days, then what are we doing? Yeah, but I think a business owner, especially if you're in a product-based industry and your leg up over your competitor could be not necessarily your price. I think we're quick to say, oh, if I discount my price yeah. and I'm the lowest price out there, you know, people will buy from me. And I would say, well, hold your margin. But if you could get it there faster, you know, that's that's very valuable, especially to like an end user. If they have to have something in the door and you can get it there a day or two days before your competitor, you don't have to go down on your price. So shipping would be a very good thing to look at outsourcing. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned accounting. Accounting is, <laughs> is the number one thing that people outsource, not to be a commercial too much for Patrick Accounting. That can take care of all your accounting needs. Um, That's right. But uh, you meet with people all the time about trying to sell them accounting services. Yes. Why are they willing to meet with you and what are they really looking to get? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, a lot of owners, you know, we have a sweet spot in terms of revenue just because there's a point in which an owner really, they're beyond am I surviving? And it's, wow, this is a business that I could really be profitable in. And so at that point, they're at a place where they don't know what they don't know. So I think the answer to the outsourcing, what we find is they're looking for that strategic guidance that they can't get themselves. Um, the reality is it's, you know, I love Google. It's a tool that I use. Who doesn't? Um, but like there's some value in having an accountant or a lawyer or, you know, someone who is a professional that can guide you to best answers that f- of things that you wouldn't know about because you're not in their industry. So we're coming across that right now. I, I'm asking clients, hey, do you know about these credits that came out with PPP funding? And do you know about there's all of these like very significant cost savings to small businesses. 
and they they don't have the time to pursue them and they don't want to pursue them or worse they don't know about them so i think one area i think your original question was like what do i see in business owners now i'm yeah. getting off into the land of why people should work with us but um i think one reason that you know, they get to the table is because they don't know what they don't know or and worse they recognize that they do and they're humble enough to say i'm i'm probably not going to figure this out or i don't want to figure it out um, and then Sadly, the other reason, of course, is they've hit an area of compliance they weren't aware of. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, man, I've now i got to pay all this and I didn't know that I, you know, which is that really stinks. It's yeah. like, I wish there was kind of like a, a big rule book that told a business owner when you kind of hit this in revenue and this in personnel, like something that's standard that every new business owner gets. So you could kind of be aware of those milestones. But the reality is, you know, business owner is running in a million different directions. They may not realize they've hit a compliance threshold. Absolutely. Greg talked about that a lot in our HR on ramp. He put together a kind of a packet of these are the numbers you need to know about 15, 20, what, what sizes you hit. Yeah. 50, I believe. And yeah. I don't, like, th these are things that I should know that yeah. I, I yeah. just didn't know until I sat through his presentation. And Same. it was about, all right, now you're hit this point, FMLA kicks in. Yeah. Or at this point, you have to worry about um, maternity leave. And at this point, you have to worry about ACA. And at this point, you have to worry about EEO and all of those things that. Man, you just, if I'm a baker, which is always the example I like to use on, on this podcast, is if I, if I cook cookies, make, make cookies, I may be the best cookie maker in the world. That means nothing about my ability to understand employees and yeah. compliance and the regulations that come along with having people and having yeah. somebody in your corner to come along and say, look, hey, you, this is something you need to be aware of. Yeah, I think that's really the, valuable. the value of partners. I think the other piece that owners don't realize is, um, the efficiency that they may gain from a cost perspective. So I'm careful with that word because I don't, I don't launch into conversations with our potential clients and say, oh, well, it's, it's going to be way cheaper if you work with us than a bookkeeper, right? Yeah. That's not always the solution. But I do think a big pro towards outsourcing, and we can talk about the cons, is um, the efficiency that you may gain from a price standpoint. If you're the owner and you're doing it yourself, and it, again, it's not something that is helping your business grow, you need to have that conversation with how valuable is your time? If you were to put a dollar amount on your time, you know, and I, I do struggle with this, especially with owners who have finance backgrounds, they're CPA by trade, or, you know, and they started a business, they say, well, of course I can do my books myself. I know how to, you know, balance a checkbook and, you know, wreck the banks and create a P&L. That's great. But is that $350 an hour time? Is that $50 an hour time? So I think one of the big values that come from outsourcing is looking at from a cost perspective and comparing and saying, it, would it be more valuable and also cheaper for me to find a partner who's like expert, you know, who's an expert in this as opposed to me doing it or having a staffer do it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we find that some of the clients that don't like working with us the most are those that try to do everything themselves. They try to, yeah. And it's... It, it, there's a butting of heads that come up because, mm -hmm. hey, you're paying us to do that, yet you're doing it, and you need to be doing something different that's adding yes. more value to your company because we got this piece handled, and that's difficult to 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 relate to somebody who's just, I want to do it all, I want to do it all, I want to do it all. Yeah. What do you think, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, if you were to outline some of the pros to looking at certain functions to outsource and also the cons, what might be your pro-con list? If you're a business owner or a C-suite leader and you're looking at, there may be some areas of business we can outsource, what would be the pros to it and cons? 
I'm always going to do a cost benefit analysis and I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I like numbers. Yeah. And so I want to know hard cost, soft cost. What do I really have in this versus what am I going to pay for and what's my return on those items? Um, a lot of times that that gets to be a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I'm expecting to come across something that is, man, it's going to cost me a, a whole lot more money to actually outsource this. And when I start adding up, all right, so we have 10 people that are devoting 10% of their time to this one task. Yeah. Well, over the cross, you know, the entire team, man, I got an FTE that's doing this one thing that I'm paying however much a year for that I could be pushing that somewhere different. Yep. Um, that, that's always surprising a lot of times to start looking at different outsourcing opportunities. Um, that's one of the consistency and reliability of having eyes on something, and that's what they're dedicated to, yeah. is a big deal. Um, it gives me peace of mind to know that something that I'm going to look at once a quarter or once a month is something that's being regularly maintained and monitored. Um, you know, IT, for example, I don't even think about, hey, I need to make sure all of our computers are updated with the latest, you know, antivirus stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, I may read something once every six months or maybe once a quarter that says something about, oh, this antivirus stuff is really going crazy. I think, oh, I need to go do that because I forgot about it altogether. And when you outsource that, you don't have to worry about it. Somebody else is taking care of it and it's, um, it's, it's settled. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big deal. The con list starts to come back to if you have bad vendors, bad partners, yeah. bad relationships there, it's just not fun. I don't like working with people who aren't, they don't care as much as, as we do. Mm-hmm. You know, finding the right partners that care a lot, they're good at what they do, and they're reasonable, that's important. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's hard to find that. I always, you know, Matt made a joke uh, on our podcast whenever we were trying to outsource coffee. He made the joke of, man, if there was anybody in Memphis that does coffee service that would simply return a phone call, they could make a fortune here because it was honestly extremely difficult sure. just to get somebody to call us back. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're saying, hey, we want to give you money. Yeah. Call me back. Right. And not, you know, and so it's just hard to find people sometimes or companies sometimes that are, that are reasonable with stuff like that. Yeah. And that makes it really difficult. And there's a lot of trust that goes into that. If I'm, if I'm, especially, you know, in our world, accounting service, if I'm outsourcing my accounting services to an accounting firm, mm-hmm. whether that's monthly bookkeeping, payroll, tax, whatever it is, that is a intimate part of my business. Yes. And if I can't trust that person really, really um, yeah. strongly, that's going to be, it's going to be difficult to let go of that. Yeah. Trust is huge. Yeah. One of the pros I didn't hear you say was um, the hiring. So mm. for me, one of the huge benefits that I see in outsourcing is for an owner who is trying to get more streamlined and get more efficient, more effective and effective at what they're doing. Um, if you choose to outsource, what that doesn't mean is you have to bring in an internal hire that you then have to train, manage, make sure that they have that they're happy. So I think the one of the big primary advantages to looking at some part of outsourcing is you don't have to bring someone on your team necessarily. You do get some built-in redundancy because, you know, we run into a lot, well, my bookkeeper just quit and now you're high and dry. If you work with an outsourced provider, that's not your problem yeah. anymore. Your work is still going to get done whether they have hiring issues or not. Yeah, that's a good point. We, we've dealt with that a couple of times internally where we've had, you know, because as a small business, you grow 
fast or slow, it doesn't matter. You come across times where you have departments of one. There's one person that is an expert in this one thing. Yeah. And my goodness, if something happened to that person or they walked out the Hit door, it's um, it's a difficult replacement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a long term <laughs> issue. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's just you know transient of. They're, they happen to be a department of one right now, but we're going to grow that to a department of two, department of three. Yep. But in that short term, there's a risk that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And when that person walks out the door, gets hit by a bus or whatever it may be, you're going to be left holding the bag. And so in some of those key areas to have a second set of eyes or somebody overseeing that is really, really important from a consistency. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's an insurance policy yeah. to say you know what, I have some redundancy here. Yeah. And the, of course, you know, the flip side of that conversation, the con there is when you do choose to outsource, um, you know, you, that partner's not going to know your brand yeah. and your wants as, as intimately as maybe you would like. And so I think that's what's important as an owner when they're looking at what to outsource. You know, if you're really married to your brand and your story and the way that it looks and everything has to be on point and you want to improve everything, you probably shouldn't look at outsourcing marketing because that firm's not going to know you as well as, you know, you know it. Right. And so I think or it's just going to take time for them to get to, to that learn point. it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's something to look at, too. The, the flip side of that is working with a vendor is going to t- similar to, you know, hired. There's going to be some time that you need to get to know the yeah. business. I tell our potential clients that a lot of, you know, they're always like, well, how does that work? How does transition work? I get that question a bit. And that's a great question, you know, but it's, uh, you know, we're going to start out it's you know, we're going to start this relationship. My team is not going to know everything perfectly. You're going to get a lot of questions over those first 90 days. But as we get more familiar with who you are and how you operate and times you're available and do you like Zoom calls or do you like phone call, you know, do you prefer email? Do you prefer text? Yeah. Over time, it just gets better and better and better. It's a relationship. Yeah. But yeah. For for us, we don't, we don't, even with the people that, that we outsource stuff to, we don't think of them as vendors. Yeah, they're partners. Partners. Um, partners. Because in, in what we do, they have to be. And if, if you're not really a partner, and that's true for our clients too. We've had clients in the past that didn't see us as a partner. They saw us as an outsourced vendor. And th- we can't help you as much whenever right. you just see us as, hey, I'm going to stroke a check and you're going to do X, Y, Z. Well, there's some things that we do that we have to have you involved in. We have to have mm-hmm. your knowledge w- what's going on or yeah. whatever it may be. And if you're not willing to put in that effort, it's a minimal effort, but there has to be somebody on, when, on the other side of the phone when we call that picks up and says, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And that phone just rings and goes to voicemail. Yeah, it's relationship's hard to do. huge. It's hard to do work. For sure. Yeah, the relationship is, is a big deal. Yep, I agree. Um, so as you are talking through different companies and, and trying to, in your role, sell them accounting services, payroll yeah. services, and you get them to the point where they trust you, they trust our services. Mm-hmm. They've decided to move forward with um, with coming on board, and they're starting that outsourced relationship, that yeah. partner relationship. What are some of your tips and tricks that you kind of mentioned just a second ago that you try to set the table on so that there's a real clear expectation of what is coming next? Yeah, and you know, to be transparent, I think we're really working on figuring that out. Um, the mm-hmm. big challenge we've talked about this in sales and operations, but. The big challenge when you have an outside team who is not also servicing that product or service is the creating clear and realistic expectations that the whole team is aware of and on board with. So if I tell a new client, hey, you're going to get financials in 15 days when they don't have books, it happens. You know, I'm just going to be honest. 
you know, business owner thinks that they have books, and it was their Uncle Sam Jerry's. I have a QuickBooks file. It's not the same. It's not the same. You know, and that's fine. You don't have to know that. That's why you're hiring us. But I need you to understand we're not just concerned about getting you a financial, we're concerned about compliance, we're concerned about building a tax return that is legally compliant. Right. It's going to keep you out of the ditches. Um, and so, you know, if I tell a client, oh, yeah, no problem, we'll get your financials in 15 days and everything's going to be perfect and fine, um, that's not realistic. So I think first is you have to communicate clear expectations. And I think any time that you can, you know, put that in writing, I think that helps. And so it's like, hey, here's kind of the plan, right? Here's over the next 30 days we're doing this or the next 60 days we're doing this. Um, one of my outsource vendors that I work closely with, um, she uses monday.com. And so I can see at any time her task list. So anytime I email her, you know, Slack her a question, she puts it on our task list. And which is really great for me because sometimes I forget all the stuff she's working <laughs> on for me. And then she'll circle back. And so I love having that just kind of as a, you know, it's just a project management tool. Um, but it's just a way to see, oh, we, we finished that. That's knocked out. Awesome. Hey, this is something we're working on. So I think, you know, having some clear expectations for the client and also for you of, hey, this is how we operate. This is what we do. Even little things as, as simple as here's the best way to communicate with our team. You know, um, when an owner is, t- I always tell owners this, if you're listening to the podcast, new clients, this is for you. I love when you call me. I love it because I love helping you and I love when you text me because I want to tell you, you know, hey, but when an owner has a question about payroll, the right answer is not to call me. Everybody on Even our I team help them. <laughs> hates when they call you. Yes. You like it, but no one else on the team right, likes it. Right, because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in the day-to-day, and so I don't want to tell a client, oh, yeah, we can do that, no problem, that's great, when I don't understand what's involved there. So I think understanding, you know, creating good expectations for how the transition goes, making sure you have all of that in writing, communicating, especially those first 90 days are critical. You should communicate with your clients. If you're an outsource provider and also if you're using outsource services, you know, if you're not getting an email every week of, some type of up-to-date, here's where we are, I would cut that person loose or cut that group loose, you know. Um, so I think that's a big thing. That relationship is is built on trust. trust. Trust comes from transparency. And you have to own that at the very beginning. You and, know, you get yeah. grace when you've been a, a, yeah. a partner for 15 years, but those first, that first year is you gotta critical. Build your chips. Yeah. Yeah. Got to build your chips. I think that's one. It's a, uh, it, it's always important what we talked about uh, there's going to be times in every business cycle that you really have to look at you know what it's come to the point where paying somebody else to do this task is going to be a better answer for me in the long run mm-hmm. there's multiple ways in which that could come up or frame itself i think you made a really good point core competencies are incredibly important to understand yeah if i am if i'm a baker and I'm really great at baking cookies, and I don't know a single thing about how my oven works, I don't need to try to fix my oven when it breaks. I need to bring somebody in for that. Um, Focus on your core competencies. Get really strong in that. And then you'll find other places that you can fill with some outsourced um, outside help that's really going to bring in some expertise. Yeah. And so if you guys are out there and you are listening and you're saying, hey, you know what? Accounting is that area, or payroll is, not th- is that area, or HR is that area that I know that I need help. We would obviously love to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Shelby will, will spend all day, all night answering that phone, answering all your questions. Of course. She loves it. So yeah. call her at midnight, right? Yeah. And, you know, just I'll, Becky, I'll hand this to you as a resource. But, 
you know, we do have a, a pretty strong, strong list of things that we ask new clients. Um, I think that holds really well in our business, but it probably just holds in general for if you're looking to outsource. There's yeah. kind of like a really five or six questions an owner can ask themselves to determine, is it time to outsource this function or what should I outsource? Yeah, that's a great resource. Um, so we'll, hand, we'll give you some of that out. But of course, you know, of course, if you are not happy with your tax answer, if you think you're paying too much or you're not sure you're paying enough, <laughs> um, or you're not getting good strategic guidance from your partner, give us a call because that's what we're here for. We're here to absolutely, help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Shelby, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Yes. We have one question that we're going to answer that came up uh, during last week's podcast. I know you haven't listened to it yet, but we're going to throw you on the spot. Yeah. The question that came in was, um, you know, we, we talked about how leadership can be bottlenecks and there's first chair leaders and there's second chair leaders. You're familiar with those terms. Yeah. But the question that came in is a second chair leader. How do you approach your leader when you see bottlenecking happening, but the, the first chair leader doesn't see it happening? So essentially, as a second chair leader, how do you go to your first chair leader and say, hey, look, this is a problem. You don't think it's a problem mm-hmm. um, or maybe you are the problem. Uh, how do you approach that person and, uh, and get them to listen to you? Um, well, the first advice is just do it. Number one, I mean, you got to do it. That's if you're in a second, if you are a leader in your company and your owner's causing problems, we're, we all make mistakes. We are all capable of, you know, causing chaos or we may not just even know about it, but your second chair leader, it is your responsibility to the company and to your owner to go have that conversation with them. You know, your owner and leader well enough to know how they best give feedback and receive feedback. If you don't think about how you get feedback from them, that's probably the easiest way that they get it. So if they send you a routine email that says, here are the things I want you to work on, maybe it is sending them an email. Um, Here's you know, the things I need you to work I, on. Yeah. Hey, but you have to have the conversation. And, and I think it can be, you can do it in a way that doesn't um, upset them and it doesn't upset your team. You know, you've got to you just have to do it. So I think that w- however it's done, you have to be willing to have the conversation. It's not as important about how you approach it. I mean, don't go in there slamming doors and screaming yeah. at them. You know, remember they do sign your paycheck, um, but you can be humble and respectful and say, you know, hey, um, I see this happening. I know you don't think this is an issue. Let me tell you why it is an issue. And also, here's how I think that we could resolve it. Can I ask you to trust me enough? to try to resolve it or trust me enough to make this change even though you don't see it. I can't imagine an owner that is, you know, has chosen you to be their second chair leader that's going to say, no, you're absolutely ridiculous. We're not doing that. You know, you've, you've worked hard to earn their trust. And so that's the time to lean in on that and say, hey, yeah. you know, trust me with this and let's try it my way. A leader that does not lead is not a leader. So you have, to, you have to approach it. You have to have the conversation about mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, you're not doing your job. And ultimately, you have to control what you can control. And, and you doing your job is something you can control. Yep. Here's my, here's my recommendation for how you approach your leader. You do it out of a place of humility, yeah. gratefulness, gratitude, and wonder. So I want to go, let's say that you're my leader, Shelby, and I see that you are struggling to put together list because you hate putting together list. I do. And I see that as an opportunity for you to outsource something, right? That's right. I'm going to come to you and say, hey, Shelby, you know, uh, I've really enjoyed working with you for this long time. You've really helped me grow. Um, you've obviously helped me make a living. You signed my paycheck, all of those things. I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you've taught me a lot of stuff, but here's, I have some questions that I'm just kind of unclear about and I need some help. 
resolving this. Let me give you a tip. Leaders have egos. If you stroke the ego, you know what they say? They lean in and say, all right, tell me more, tell me more, (laughs) tell me more. They're inviting you into their life then. So you say, "Um, hey, here's some questions. I just have some questions about this. I noticed that you you, you have lists that you use in your your world, um, and you do a great job of putting together those lists. Are those lists something that, like, if you had more people on that list, that you would be more productive? Or if that list was longer, you'd be more productive? Or if you didn't have to spend time putting together that list and you, you had a good list already, mm-hmm. you would be more productive? Oh, yeah, probably so, probably so. Um, what, do you, what do you think it would look like to maybe bring somebody else into that and, and to do that for you? What would that look like if, it, if, you, if you get into intriguing their wonder? Yeah with you, then it's not, you're not confronting them, you're brainstorming with them, you're helping them think. Um, I always find approaching that first chair leader by saying, hey, you know what, you've done so much for me, now let me help you, yeah. simply by saying, asking questions. Questions are, are, are normally, if done in the right spirit and the right tone, non-confrontational. Now, if I walk in and say, what in the world are you doing? You spent 30 hours making a list and it makes no sense. Why are you doing that? Right. That's not the right kind of question. Sure. And so questions are, are helpful. That's um, great. It really can uh, make a, a world of difference. And so there you go. Um, if you're out there listening and you had questions about anything that we talked about today, we would yeah. love to hear from you. Uh, we have an email that you can send stuff to. That email address is one step better at patrickaccounting.com. That's right. Um, we're, we're getting emails there from there now. It's so it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and so you could send us a question. And uh, as always, if we a- answer your question in our podcast, we'll send you a T-shirt that uh, just as a way of saying thank you. And so we really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to us this week. And if you have questions, again, reach out. Otherwise, we'll hear you on next week's episode of One Step Better. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.